It's Monday, and that means it's time to bring out some of the best and most memorable movies of all time, done up especially for radio on Monday Matinee. And now, here's your host, Dennis Daly. Thank you, Tom Gager, and hi again, everybody. Glad to have you along, and I want to thank you for the emails I've been getting to bingo, B-I-N-G-O, at earthlink.net, bingo at earthlink.net. We officially begin the holiday season today by playing one of my favorite representations of Scrooge. For 11 Christmases, Orson Welles produced shows with the actor Lionel Barrymore as Scrooge. So here's one of them. It's way before World War II, but the story never gets old. And so let's join the Mercury Theater and Orson Welles and Lionel Barrymore for A Christmas Carol. Molly was dead to begin with. There's no doubt whatever about that. The register of his burial was signed by the clergyman, the clerk, the undertaker, and the chief mourner. Scrooge signed it. And Scrooge's name was good upon change for anything he chose to put his hand to. Old Marley was as dead as a doornail. Scrooge knew he was dead? Of course he did. Scrooge and Marley were partners for I don't know how many years. Ah, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone with Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. And once upon a time, of all the good days in the year, on Christmas Eve... Old Scrooge sat busy in his counting house, a grim, cheerless place if ever there was one. The door of Scrooge's counting house was open that he might keep his eye upon his clerk, Bob Cratchit, who in a cold and dismal little cell beyond worked at his ledgers. Twenty-one, twenty-two. Merry gentlemen, let's not be music. Twenty-three, twenty-six, twenty-nine. Nine carry two. Christmas day. Seven, thirteen, seventeen, seven. Ah, thank you. Yes, Mr. Scrooge. Stop that infernal caterwauling. Yes, sir. Nine, fifteen, seventeen, twenty-nine. Carry one. 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 give you in charge. Sorry, Governor. It's an old custom at Christmas time, you know. Yes, and I don't want any of your old customs. Take your fellow fools and go away. Christmas. Blah. Right, sir. Merry Christmas anyway, sir. Now you get that letter from Higgins and Blackthorn, Cratchit, and then I want you to finish posting this ledger. And after that, you can pop over to Fothergill's and tell Ephraim Fothergill you've come after the 17 shillings and sixpence he's owed me since Michaelmas. And tell him I shall have a constable over there if he doesn't pay up at once. Mr. Fothergill's wife has been ill, sir. Oh, what do I care about his wife? I want my 17 and 6. I uh, just thought it being Christmas, sir. Christmas, Christmas. You mentioned that word to me once more, Bob Cratchit, and I... Merry Christmas, Uncle. Merry Christmas, Bob. Merry Christmas, Mr. Fred. God save you, Uncle. Uh, Humbug. Christmas a humbug, Uncle. (laughs) Now, I'm sure you don't mean that. I mean just that. Exactly that. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? 
What reason have you? You're poor enough. Well, what right have you to be dismal about Christmas, Uncle? You're rich enough. Yeah. Now, Uncle, don't be cross. Well, what else can I be when I live in such a world of fools? What's Christmas to you but a time for paying bills without money? Merry Christmas. A time for finding yourself a year older and not an hour richer. If I could work my will... Every idiot who goes about with Merry Christmas on his lips is be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. He should. Uncle. Now, nephew, keep Christmas in your own way and let me keep it in mine. Keep it? But you don't keep it, Uncle. Well, let me leave it alone, then. What do you want? Christmas gift, there's no doubt. I came to wish you a Merry Christmas, Uncle. A Merry Christmas. Much good may Christmas do you. <laughs> Much good it ever has done you. There are many things from which I derive good, by which I have not profited materially, I dare say, Uncle. Christmas among the rest. But I have always thought of Christmas time as a good time. A kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe it has done me good and will do me good. And I say, God bless it. God bless Christmas. Let me hear another sound out of you there, Bob Cratchit, and you'll keep your Christmas by losing your situation. Yeah. As to you, nephew, I wonder you don't go into Parliament to talk enough nonsense. Oh, don't be angry, Uncle. I want nothing from you. I ask nothing of you. Why can't we be friends? Good afternoon. I'm sorry you feel that way. Well, I've tried. A Merry Christmas to you, Uncle. Good afternoon. And a Happy New Year, too. Ah, humbug. And a Merry Christmas to you, Bob, and the missus, and the tiny girl. Thank you, Mr. President. Same to you, sir. Good day, sir. Good day, Bob. Nonsense. Waddle. Flummery. The talking of Christmas and not two sixpences to jingle together in his trousers' pocket. Hey, you there, Bob Cratchit. Come here. What are you doing there? I'm only putting a bit more coal in the fire, Mr. Scrooge. Seeing it's so cold in there, sir. You put that coal back into the scuttle. A fire. A fire, indeed. I can tell you, if you use coal at that rate, you and I will soon be parting company, Bob Cratchit. Do you understand that? There's many young fellows like your situation, you know. I'm sorry, sir. My fingers are getting a little stiff with the cold. Well, then put on your mittens. Someone at the door. Go on, see your lady. Uh, yes, Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. This is the firm of Scrooge and Marley? Yes, sir. I should like to see the head of the firm, if I may. Oh, very good, sir. What is it? A gentleman to see you, Mr. Scrooge. Huh? Have I the pleasure of addressing Mr. Scrooge or Mr. Marley? Marley's been dead these seven years tonight. I'm Scrooge. Well, now, Mr. Scrooge, at this season of the year, it's only fitting that we who are more fortunate should raise a fund to buy the poor some meat and drink and means of warmth. You may not believe it, sir, but many thousands are now in want of common necessities. And hundreds of thousands are in want of the simplest comforts. Uh, are there no prisons? Well, there are plenty of prisons, sir. And the workhouses, they're still in operation, I trust? I wish I could say they are not, but they are, sir. The treadmill and the poor law are in full vigor, then? Both very busy, sir. I'm glad to hear that. I was afraid from what you said at first that something had occurred to stop them in their useful course. No, sir, all these institutions that you mention are flourishing. But it's nevertheless true that some additional provision for the poor and the destitute must be made. Nah. A few of us upon change are endeavoring to raise such a fund, you see. And uh, what shall I put you down for? Nothing. Oh, I see. You wish to be anonymous, sir. I wish to be let alone. I don't make merry myself at Christmas time, and I can't afford to help make a lot of idle people merry. 
I help to support the establishments that take care of the poor. They cost enough. Let those who are badly off go there. Many can't go there, sir. And many would rather die. Then my advice to them is to do so and decrease the surplus population. Besides, I've only your word for it that all this is so. It's the truth, Mr. Scrooge. Well, so be it, then. It's not my business. It's enough for a man to understand his own business and not to interfere with other people's. Mine occupies me constantly. Good afternoon, sir. I quite understand, Mr. Scrooge. Good Thank afternoon. It. Show the gentleman out. Yes, sir. This way, sir, please. I couldn't help overhearing. I should like to contribute something. Thank you. Yes, sir. Isn't much, but it's all I can afford. But there are others in worse situation than I. You're a generous fellow. I wish I might say so of your employer. Thank you. Yes, sir. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yes, sir. Close the door. Yes, sir. Twenty-four, thirty-one. One and carry three. New scarlet tippet for Tiny Kim. New comb for Martha. Thirty-three. Three and carry three. A hair ribbon for Belinda. Four, seven, twelve, fifteen. Patrick! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's too late to have you go to Fothergill's. You'll be closed up for Christmas like these other fools. We may as well close up the place now. Yes, sir. It is getting a little dark. Mm. Hard to see the figures. I, I suppose you'll want the entire day tomorrow. If it's quite convenient, sir. It's not convenient. And it's not fair, either. But I suppose I can't do anything about it. <laughs> if I was to stop half a crown of your wages, you'd think yourself very ill-used, I'll be bound. Well, sir, I... Yeah, but you don't think me ill-used when I pay a day's wages for no work. It's only once a year, sir. Once a year. Once a year, indeed. Fine excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. But I suppose there's no good talking. You must have the whole day. Well, see that you're here all the earlier the next morning. You understand? Oh, I will, sir. I will indeed. Good night, sir. And Merry Christmas. Ah. Merry Christmas. Ah. was closed in a twinkling and Bob Cratchit with the long ends of his white comforter dangling below his waist for he boasted no greatcoat went down a slide on Cornhill 20 times in honor of its being Christmas Eve and then ran home to Camden Town as hard as he could pelt to play with his family at Blind Man's Bus. Rouge, on the other hand, took his melancholy dinner in his usual melancholy tavern. Having read all the newspapers and spent the rest of the evening with his banker's book, went to his dismal house. Darkness is cheap, and Scrooge liked it. The yard was so dark that even Scrooge, who knew its every stone, had to grope with his hands through the fog and the frost to find the door. Scrooge walked through his rooms to see that all was right. Sitting room? Bedroom? Lumber room? All as they should be. Nobody under the table, nobody on the sofa, nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet. Close the door. He locked himself in. He double-locked himself in. And took off his cravat, put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap. And sat down before the fire to take his gruel. You're listening to a wonderful presentation of A Christmas Carol. Directed by Orson Welles and starring Lionel Barrymore as Scrooge. 
It returns after this break. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. We return now on Monday matinee to the Orson Welles presentation of A Christmas Carol, starring as Scrooge, Lionel Barrymore. Ledges and 
Sebastian. Yours was as heavy and as long as this seven years ago. You haven't labored on it since seventeen. Oh, Jacob. Speak comfort to me, Jacob. Comfort I have none to give. I cannot rest. I cannot stay. I cannot linger. Weary journeys lie before me. You travel far? Yes, Ebenezer. On the wings of the wind. Seven years dead and traveling all the time? Seven years, Ebenezer. Seven years of remorse. Ebenezer, do you know that no space of regret can make amends for one life's opportunities misused? You were always a good man of business, Jacob. Business? Mankind was my business. Charity, mercy, benevolence. They were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. Jacob, Jacob, don't take on so now. Jacob. Listen to me, Ebenezer. I listen to you, Jacob. Go on, Jacob, now. Speak to me, but don't be so flowery. Ebenezer, I am here to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate. Do you hear that, Ebenezer? Yes, Jacob. Yes, you, you always were a good friend to me, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. But, but go on, go on, go on, go on. How shall I escape? Oh, I'm afraid, Jacob. You will be haunted by free spirits. Is that the only chance and hope, Jacob? It is your only chance and hope. Well, then I think I'd rather not. Without their visit, you cannot hope to shun the path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow. When the bell tolls one. Couldn't I take them all at once and have it over, Jacob? Ebenezer, look that for your own sake you remember what has passed between us. And remember, when the bell tolls one... Look for the first It was a strange figure, like a child. Yet not so like a child as like an old man. Its hair, which hung about its neck and down its back, was white as if with age. And yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderest bloom was on the skin. The arms were long and muscular, the hands the same, as if its hold were of uncommon strength. Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh! Who, who's that? Ebenezer Scrooge, I have come for you. Oh, you, uh, are you the spirit, sir, whose coming was foretold me? I am that spirit. What are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, your past. But what do you want of me? What brings you here to haunt me? Your welfare, Ebenezer Scrooge. Rise and walk with me. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not, not out of the window. I can't do that. I'll fall down. I'm not a spirit. I'm mortal, and I'll fall. Bear but a touch of my hand upon your heart, and you shall be upheld in more than this. Come, follow me. Where are we? What's become of the city? 
snow upon the ground. Where are we? These are the shadows of the things that have been. You recognize this countryside? <gasps> oh, I know every inch of it. Every rock, every tree. And that bleak building over there? Oh, that building. I was a boy there. Yes, I went to school in that horrible place. Do you recollect that path? I could walk it blindfold. Strange you should forget it so many years. Come, let us go closer. Look through the window into that cold, barren room. What do you see, Ebenezer Scrooge? I see a boy. A solitary child, neglected by his family, alone. Yes, yes, I see. I know that boy. Oh, oh I was so lonely. Visit to the past, Ebenezer. Oh, what a jolly time we used to have. That carefree young man with a light heart and a gay smile. Do you recognize him? Yes, yes, yes. Merciful heaven. How happy I was then. A small matter for old Fezziwig to make those silly folks so full of joy. Small matter? Small indeed. Isn't it? He has spent only a few pounds of your mortal money. Is that so much that he deserves praise? Ah, oh, it's not that. It's not that, Spirit. Old Fezziwig has the power to make us happy or unhappy. To make our service light or heavy. His power lies in words and looks and in things so tiny that it's impossible to count them up. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost her... <laughs> what is the matter? Oh, nothing, nothing at all, spirit. Something, I think. No, no. Speak. Well, only it's just that I should like to be able to say a word or two to my club. Bob Cratchit. That's all. We'll return to Lionel Barrymore in Orson Welles' production of A Christmas Carol. After the break. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. We continue now with A Christmas Carol, starring Lionel Barrymore as Scrooge. Here, in this little room, with a fair young girl by your side, do you recognize yourself, Ebenezer? <gasps> no, 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 no. Spare me this. You're older now, a man in the prime of life. Your face has begun to wear the signs of care and avarice. Your eyes are greedy. The eager, restless eyes of a miser. No, no, please. She knows it, too. That girl by your side. There are tears in her eyes. That is little of a music to you. Very little. I know that. Belle, have I changed toward you? When we were engaged, we were both poor. Was it better, then? Better to be poor? Better, at least, to be happy. You're changed. You were another man then. I was a boy. Do you blame me because I've grown wiser? Have I ever tried to break our engagement? In words, no. Never. You've 
In what, then? In a changed nature. In an altered spirit. In everything that made my love of any value in your sight. So I release you from your promise. Belle! Oh, it may cause you pain to lose me. A very brief pain. But soon it will be dim. Like a half-remembered dream. An unprofitable dream. And you will be glad to be awake from such a dream. May you be happy in the life you have chosen, Ebenezer. For the love of him you once It's enough. Show me no more. Take me home. These were shadows of the things that have been. That they are what they are. Do not blame me. No. No more. No more. One shadow more. Come. Do you see this man, Ebenezer Scrooge? This man might have been you. And the woman beside him, your wife. And that girl... That girl might have been your daughter, Ebenezer Scrooge. She might have called you father. She might have been a springtime in the haggard winter of your life. Spirit, let me go. Show me no more. Listen now while they speak, Ebenezer. Well, I saw an old friend of yours today. Who was it? Yes. How can I? It's... Oh, I know. Mr. Scrooge. Mr. Scrooge it was. I passed his office window. It wasn't shuttered. And there was a candle inside, so I couldn't help seeing him. His partner, Marley, lies at the point of death, I hear. And there Scrooge sat, all alone. Quite alone in the world, I do believe. Spirit, spirit, I can't bear any more. Leave me. Haunt me no more. Take me back. Take me back. of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, produced by Orson Welles and starring Lionel Barrymore as Scrooge. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. and our fifth annual presentation of A Christmas Carol. A Christmas present from the makers of Campbell's Soups. On the stroke of one, Scrooge awakened suddenly and sat him bolt upright in his own bed. You remember the words of Marley's ghost and wondered from which direction the second specter would appear. At that moment, nothing between a baby and a rhinoceros would have astonished him very much. Now, being prepared for almost anything, he was not by any means prepared for nothing. And consequently, when no shape appeared, he was taken with a violent fit of trembling. Five minutes, ten minutes, a quarter of an hour went by, yet nothing came. Then, as he sat in his bed, he became aware gradually of a great blaze of ruddy light that seemed to shine upon him from the adjoining room. He got up softly and shuffled in his slippers to the door. It was his own sitting room. No doubt about that. It had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceiling were so hung with living green that it looked a perfect grove. 
from every part of which bright, gleaming berries glistened, and such a mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney as had never been known in Scrooge's time, or for many and many a winter season gone. Heaped up on the floor to form a kind of throne were turkeys, geese, game, poultries, great joints of meat, sucking pigs, long wreaths of sausages, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red-hot chestnuts, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. In easy state upon this couch, there sat a jolly giant, glorious to see, who bore a glowing torch in shape not unlike Plenty's horn, and held it up. High up to shed its light on Scrooge as he came peeping round the door. Come in, come in, Ebenezer Scrooge, and know me better, man. You, you. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Look upon me. You've never seen the light of me before. You, you are different from the other spirit. You're tall, almost a giant, and that great torch you carry. Its light falls into the homes of rich and poor alike. Spirit, take me where you will. Last time I went against my will and learned a lesson which is working now. If you have anything to teach me, let me profit by it. Touch my robe, Ebenezer Scrooge. Touch my robe. It's miserable enough. Yet there is happiness there. Who, who are these people? Who's that woman and the children? These are the family of your clerk, Bob Cratchit. He is wife, dressed in a twice-turned gown, but brave in ribbons, laying the table for their Christmas dinner. And there, assisting her, is that daughter, Belinda, and the young man with a fork in the stuffing. That's Master Peter Cratchit. And the two little Cratchits. Listen, Scrooge. My dear, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Mother. Merry Christmas. How late you are, my dear. Oh, we had a deal of work to finish up last night, and we had to clear away this morning. Well, never mind so long as you're here now. Sit you down before the fire and have a warm. Lord bless you. Where's Father? He's been to church with Tiny Tim. They'll be along directly. How is Tiny Tim, Mother? Any better at all? Sometimes I think he is. And sometimes I think, oh, dear God, if anything should happen to Tiny Tim. Mother, you mustn't even think of such a thing. And we're so glad to have you, Martha. And how did little Tim behave in church, Bob? Oh, as good as gold and better. Oh. I like church, Mother. Oh, they sang the nicest songs. I hope people saw me there. Saw you there? And why, Tim? Well, don't you see? Because I'm lame. And if they saw my crutch, it might be pleasant for them to remember on Christmas who it was made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Oh, bless you, my son. Are we ready to eat, Mother? Oh, Come on, let's eat. Yes, children, we're all ready. Here we go. Come take your places now. And now I'll wait your turn. There's plenty of stuffing and dressing and plum pudding for all of you. Martha, you take care of Tiny Tim. Yes, and see that he eats plenty. He must get strong and well. Now, just sit down. Sit down, everyone. And right now, my dears. Shall we say grace? Spirit. Our father who are Tell me. If Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. Oh, no, 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 kind spirit. Say he'll be spared. Say he'll live. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, Ebenezer, 
the child will die. And now, my dear, with such a dinner, a toast, a Merry Christmas to us all, and God bless us. God bless us, everyone. And now to Mr. Scrooge. I'll give you a toast to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed, who pays you all a 15 shillings a week. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast on, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. Oh, my dear, the children, Christmas Day. And it should be Christmas Day, I'm sure, on which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Bob. Nobody knows it better than you, poor fellow. My dear Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Back with the final act of A Christmas Carol after these messages. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Now, the closing act of A Christmas Carol. Solemn phantom, shrouded in black, draped and hooded, coming towards him slowly and silently like a mist along the ground. Ah, I know you. You, you are the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You'll show me the shadows of things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Handsome spirit, ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I've seen. Yet I know your purpose is to do me good, as I hope to live to be another man from what I was. Lead on. Lead on. Night's waning fast. Time's precious. It's home. But it's not the same. Why is it so quiet? So very quiet here. <laughs> Mother. Mother, please. Oh, my son. My little son. Tiny Tim. I loved him so. Oh, Mother dear, you mustn't. It's almost time for Father to be home. Don't let him see you crying. Yes. Yes, Martha. He's late tonight. He walks slower than he used to. And yet I've known him to walk very fast indeed with tiny Tim on his shoulder. So have I, Mother. But he was light to carry. And his father loved him so that it was no trouble. No trouble at all. Bob. Good evening, my dear. You're late, Bob. Yes, I'm sorry, my dear. I went to the churchyard today. I wish you could have gone with me. It would have done your heart good to see how sweet and green the place it is. But you'll see it often. I promised him. Yes, I promised Tiny Tim we'd walk there on a Sunday. Father, dear. It's God's will, Bob. I'm trying to understand it, my dear. My son. My little son, Tiny Tim. And I loved him so. 
that's cruel. Cruel. Spirit, can't you give me one ray of hope that I may change all that, that tiny Tim may live? funeral for Palmer life. I don't know anybody to go to it. Suppose we make up a party and volunteer. I don't mind going if a lunch is provided. <laughs> you know, come to think of it, I wish I was his best friend. What? We used to nod to each other when we met in the street. <laughs> Spirit, tell me, who is this man that died? Is there no one to mourn the poor creature? No one to follow him to the grave? Perhaps they'll give him a green grave at least like poor tiny Tim. Perhaps... Where are we now? Merciful heaven, a churchyard. Overrun by grass and choked with too much burying. Desolate, lonely... shadows of things that will be, or, or are they shadows of things that may be only? Huh? Will, will you not speak to me, spirit? What is that grave to which you point? There's writing on that stone. The name on the gravestone is... see him come in. 
and at last he came. His hat was off before he opened the door. Comforter, too. He's on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen as if he were trying to overtake 9 o'clock. 15 at 21, 6 and carry the 1 and 24 and carry the 2 and 31 and 8 and 9. Hello, you Cratchit! Yes, sir. Step this way, Cratchit, if you please. Cratchit! What do you mean by coming in at this time of day? Oh, I'm very sorry, sir. I am behind my time. You are. Yes, yes. I think you are. Oh, it's only once a year, Mr. Scrooge. It should not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'll not stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, Bob Cratchit, I'm about to raise your salary. Mr. Scrooge, are you quite yourself, sir? No. No, thank heaven. I'm not quite myself. Merry Christmas, Bob. <laughs> Merry Christmas, my good fellow. A merrier Christmas than I've given you in many a year. I shall raise your salary, and we'll see what we can do for Tiny Tim and the rest of your family. Huh? <laughs> hey, we'll discuss it this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop. Bob, make a fire. Make it up, and then buy another coal scuttle before you dart another eye. Bob, Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more. To Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh, and little heeded them. His own heart laughed. That was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us, of all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. You have just heard our annual presentation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, starring Lionel Barrymore, brought to you by the makers of Campbell's Soups. And now, here is Orson Welles. Ladies and gentlemen, at this point in the program, it's my custom, as you know, to present you with a few words of introduction, our guest of the evening. With your consent, I shall dispense with this tonight. To introduce tonight's guest to the Campbell Playhouse audience, or to any American audience, is an extravagant and superfluous procedure. For if ever an actor has won for himself a lasting place in the hearts of his fellow countrymen through years of unsparing and inspiring service, that actor is Lionel Barrymore. Oh, thank you, Orson Welles. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this is the fourth year I've had the pleasure of appearing in the Christmas Carol here on the Campbell Playhouse, and I assure you all it's a pleasure that never tires. As long as I can remember, this has been one of my favorite stories. Good night, Orson. Good night, everybody. And a merry... Merry Christmas to you. Good night to you, Mr. Barrymore. Thank you, sir, and a Merry Christmas to you. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. And now Dennis Staley returns to the microphone with a word about our next offering on Monday matinee. And after that stunning presentation of A Christmas Carol, what more can I say? But God bless us. 
everyone. Back next week, right here with Pinocchio and Snow White with the original voice actors done before a live audience on Monday Matinee.